1-800-BETS-OFF. What the $1,000 slam dunk sounds like. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. When I got this call, I was watching WWE with my daughter. Hi, my name is Wendy, and I just won $1,000 just for listening to iHeartRadio. Listen for your next chance to win in less than 20 minutes. Right here on KXNO. Iowa's game against Northwestern yesterday was postponed due to COVID. Both schools are working with the Big Ten to have it rescheduled. Iowa State looks to build on Tuesday's win over Texas as they head over to Stillwater for Saturday's game against Oklahoma State. The NFL announced the Bills, Titans, Jaguars, Chiefs, and Patriots will play international games this season. The Bills, Titans, and Jags will be in London, and the Chiefs and Pats will be in Germany. I'm Joel Stern. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday Bubba's boneless wings are half price. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Number two, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until one. Trends plays of the day still to come. Shelby Mass, bracketologist for Gannett, his first of what soon will be weekly appearances as we inch our way to Selection Sunday. Uh, right now, Wade Looking Bill, who is a major piece of, well, not only the team, but of the piece last night on the Big Ten Network. Wade, uh, it was so well done. It really and truly was um, it affected me, and I know that uh, I'm not alone. You know, it just, I mean, I can't imagine what it would have been like for you guys, your team, to watch it. Did you guys ever get together uh, and watch the uh, and watch the finished product, Wade? No, no. Um, you know, so I taped my portion, like, last September. I think that's kind of when they got most everybody done. You know, I'm sure it was harder to get Jim Nance or Chris Collins. or oh, sure. Is or those guys, but you know, I did mine last September, just after Labor Day, and then uh, the guy's name is Matt Engel, and um, he did the Brands documentary, and the one that's very similar. I just happened to catch three quarters of it you know, a couple months ago, but he did kind of a similar one with Brooks Berenger. Oh, the, yeah, really? Yeah, plane crash. Yeah, but yeah, very, very, very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah, but. Um, it was it was powerful. That's mm. the word I keep using with people. It was it was powerful, and there really wasn't. Um, There's was a little bit of you know smiles from the from the from the pictures with his family when he was young and his sisters, but there wasn't a lot of um, a, a lot of smiles for sure. No, and good I, memories, but um, it was tough to watch. Sure. Uh, so so take us into the locker room when you know, the team was called uh, back to Carver Hawkeye. Did any of you know uh, prior to uh, Tom Davis walking in and uh, and sharing the the tragic news what uh, what had just happened to uh, your teammate? Did any of you know what what did you think you were coming back to Carver Hawkeye to do that night, Wade? So I can only speak for for what happened with me. I I'd, I'd eaten early at the Highlander. I actually saw Chris in the hallway heading out because you could kind of kind of come and go as you want. You just had to be in bed at like. At the hotel, I'd say 10.30. And um, so I went back to my apartment, and I was watching Iowa-Michigan. Remember that game was on? And um, one of the managers, Kevin Ralston, called me because we were going to work out that night a little later, like at 8 or 9. And he called me and said, hey, you need to get to the arena right away. There's been an accident. And I thought it might have been my parents. And he mm. said, uh, I said, well, what's, 
what's going on? He, he said, Chris has been in a car accident. You need to get to the arena. So drove, drove over there, and um, I don't know what time this was. I want to say 7.30 maybe. You know, everything happened pretty quick. I think it just, yeah. Anyway, um, they, so I'm just, it, there's a huge tunnel. You guys have been in Carver. There's that big tunnel where they drive even school buses and the semis through for concerts and things. And um, so there's people everywhere and walking around. Nobody really knows what's going on. And um, um, Kevin Skillet, Kevin Skillet, who was a point guard from, from the Quad Cities, um, he pulled me aside or something. I remember that, and he—he's the one that told me in the in the in the hallway there in the tunnel they call it that, that, that Chris had been killed. Mm. And so that's—I'm sure there were other people that knew bits and pieces, but that's how that's how I found out. Just absolutely devastating. Another huge piece of that, and certainly new context. And it feels like you know we. We've talked about this story, and we've talked with you about it, Wade, and so many people involved throughout the years. But when you guys were practicing, and Val Barnes mentioned, Kenyon goes up for a layup and then just collapse, and Dr. Was, Tom said I, it was over. I, I think it was Ace. I heard you guys talking about yeah. that, but it was, it was, it was AC Earl. Oh, is it AC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, how how do you go through practice? Yeah. That, that interim time before you played that first game against Michigan State, I mean, you just had to be walking with your head Zombies. in the clouds. Yeah, yeah. I forget if it was you know ten or eleven days between between the, the his death and the first game, but it was really you know looking back. I think even Gary Close says he doesn't remember much mm-hmm. yeah. during that time. And you know there was a, there was the funeral and the visitation. We all went over for that, and then um, you know just getting back to Iowa City, and then. The scheduling was tough, you know, because we, I think we postponed at least two, if not three games. I forget. So now you got to find out what the schedule is and, you know, who's going to come and who can come. And the TV was still a factor at the time, you know, who's going to cover the game. And then, um, yeah, and then going to Michigan State, they talked about that. And Coach Izzo had some really uh-huh. good things to say. And just um, Eric Snow, Eric Snow was a, 10-year NBA player, played alongside Allen Iverson and, you know, was a great player. But, man, he was an awful free-throw shooter. And if you watch <laughs> Couldn't the game, you period. I think there's a stat that he was shooting. Again, this is late January. He was shooting 11% from the free-throw ladders. <laughs> but just craziness. Just, and, and we kept saying he kept missing and missing. And, yeah, so it was just an amazing comeback. And then, of course, I either didn't know it or forgotten that Jim Nance had done the Duke game mm-hmm. and then had and did the the Michigan game. You know, all that stuff was really interesting. And then um, the Chris Collins connection to Northwestern. Yep. We were supposed to play Northwestern before the accident. Um, that got postponed. Last night's game got postponed with Northwestern. There's a there's just a lot of, you know, kind of eerie things that come up and um, yeah, and even Chris you know, even Chris Collins told really good stories and Paul Lusk and the mm-hmm. Chris Street connection and um, yeah, it just was, uh, but it was just really well done and it, it was it was a, a great thing and to to watch. But it was it's 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 tough. I bet. Uh, what uh, what I didn't know about uh, was the Chris Street was not a good free throw shooter. I mean, as as much game as he had, you would just think it was a complete game. And when he said you missed a free throw, apparently in some games that's I'll never miss again, and then went on that incredible run. Yeah, we used to have these contests where you'd pick sides for a free throw contest. Like, you know, like the day before a game or something, and we the winning team would get a T-shirt or something silly. And 
Chris was never one of the first kids picked, but <laughs> I, I, I will tell people that um, he was a gamer. You know, there's a difference between, you know, being a free throw shooter on a Tuesday night when you're just in the gym by yourself and then when the lights are bright and you're down down two with 90 seconds left and you got two free throws. And and Chris Chris worked at it. You know, he got better. I think his, his three-point shot was looking a lot better when he was killed. And, um, you know, he hadn't even turned 21. So mm. he, he would have been a pro. The game was changing even at that time in the early 90s where, you know, big guys could still shoot it or were shooting it. The three-point line was becoming more prevalent in the NBA. And he would have had a great career. Speaking of Paul Lusk, remember him transferring to SIU, uh, and Ken was asking me a little bit, and I remember I thought he was going to be pretty good, came in from Illinois, pretty good prospect. I didn't realize, though, until I was reading earlier today, he broke his leg two places. It was his first start of his career. Do you remember that moment? Was that the year you were also hurt? Yep, yep. So Paul's still a, a dear friend of mine, and we, you know we exchanged texts a lot last night, and mm-hmm. um yeah, so Paul and Chris came in together. James Winters, it was a pretty good class. Yeah, and um, Kevin class. Smith played a lot of basketball. And um, Yeah, actually, Paul was probably having a better freshman year than Chris was. We played Temple that first game, uh-huh. their year. Preseason NIT. There was some, that's a whole nother. Yeah, preseason. Chris had gotten suspended, and he missed a couple games. That, that's a whole nother story, but... Um, <laughs> Anyway, so 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 yeah, we then we've got then we lost at Notre Dame, and then we played Drake. I think was the scenario at at um, at the vet. No, I think that was the Naps. No, let me think. It was in Carver. Yes, yeah, so it, it was at the vet. It was it was it, 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 it was at Veterans Auditorium, and okay. um, yeah, Paul must have had like a hairline fracture, a little bit like what happened with Josh Dix last year, uh-huh. and he goes up for a shot. Starts to, starts in that game goes up for a shot and his leg is broken before he comes back down. Oh, you can see the way it, it moves is not a natural movement. So yeah, he, he breaks both bones in his legs and, and then I was, I read in a red shirt in that year too. So he and I got to be really close. Chris ended up having a really good freshman year. Um, and Paul was just never the same player. I mean, he was explosive and, and it just wasn't a good fit. And then um, he probably came back too soon and, and played a, then a half a, a semester at Iowa and then ended up going back to Southern Illinois. And then another turn of irony, you know, and meanwhile, he and I stayed friends. Chris and Paul stayed friends. His first game back when he became eligible was when we played them in the San Juan shootout, which was the second well, one of the third or fourth games that Chris finally played in, or what one of the last games that Chris played in. But anyway, just a lot of things that were, you know, ironic. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask you about Chuck Pence. Uh, he was a part of it, the the, the uh, snowplow driver uh, that had not spoken about this in thirty years. Uh, it, it, look, it, it, it's he's got to live with this for the rest of his life as well. And I thought that really played out on the television screen last night when he said that the chunk of concrete is still missing from the curb. It's obvious he drives by that, and when he does, he looks at that exact same spot all the time. He's not getting over this easily, and, and never will. It is is how I see it. But when you when you saw Pence being part of it, how did you how did you react? Yeah. It it was interesting. You know, I, I had kinda forgotten about 
that part of the story, and um, I, I think it just was. I think it just was a tragic accident. I, I think I think he was driving too fast. I think Chris's car was a really icy and cold night. We got in a lot of snow with a cold cold winter, and in I think his car was spinning. I think the driver of the snowplow was going too fast. You know, there were reports he was trying to get home, not in a malicious way. He, you know, he wasn't, he hadn't been drinking. He wasn't on drugs. He was just probably driving that big machine faster than he should have been. And Chris tried to pull out in front of it. Didn't do a very good job with that. Um, it was nice that they included him in the, in the documentary. Um, you know, I, I think he got enough time and just, it was kind of, just an interesting subplot to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I always felt, felt bad for him because, you know, you hit and kill someone, just a, not a normal person, but a, a non-famous person is, is awful enough. But then to have it be such a prominent individual would be hard to live with. Wade, you called it one of the best moments in Iowa basketball history. I think the best moment. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bohannon, after he tied the record of Chris Street for consecutive free throws made and then missing the one on purpose in a tight game. as a front end of a one-and-one. One, Down eight. Eight-point eight, yeah. eight game with still over two minutes left in the game. Uh, take us through that, just you as a Hawkeye, as a teammate of Chris Street, and, and your memories of that moment and, and how impactful, obviously, it has been to you. Yeah, we were at home watching the game. I think it was against Northwestern once again. Yeah, but um, yeah. I don't think Chris was the co- Collins was the coach. I forget the time. Maybe he was, but um, um, I was watching at home with my family because you know we were here. It was it was quite a story, you know, to to, to tie that record and to, it was Chris's record and and um, and I remember watching it and I thought, well, he didn't miss that. He missed it really badly, but I don't think he would have missed it on purpose. But then. When they replayed it, you could see. I mean, he barely draws iron. Does yeah, you know? short armed it. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, I, I just said, I, you know, it's probably not the greatest moment. I think. No, you're right. It is. No, you're right. It is. Well, I think it is the most iconic. Yes. The most iconic no, there's a million moment. shots. There's a million games. Yeah. There's a million victories. Yeah. Uh, you 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 score a touchdown. You make a big kick. You make a big shot. Those happen all the time. This was different. This is in a this is yeah. in a different category other than a game. I agree with you one hundred percent, Wade. Yeah, there's um, the Big Ten's journey did a feature. I think it was five years ago, and they talked about Jordan talked with his brother about hey, if you get to that record, do you ever think about missing the shot? And and Jordan says the same thing. He looked over at his brother, and his brother kind of nodded, and mm-hmm. he missed it. And I just think to have that. Um, be that age and have that um, yeah wherewithal to do it wherewithal that you know that's important and you know not granted I, I don't want him to miss the free throw if the game's tied you know that's different but just the way things worked out they were up eight so it, it was appropriate and it was okay and um, I don't really know Jordan Bohan I don't think I've ever really met him but um, it just was something where um, for him to do that was was quite amazing it's uh, so much in the documentary and. Left me wanting more, more stories, mm. more, yeah. more memories, yeah. and, and just going back and to kind of bring back the parquet floor. Uh, one <laughs> thing you were joined me yesterday on my podcast, Lockdown Hawkeyes, and one thing that you mentioned, and it bears repeating certainly here, is Fran McCaffrey. Yeah. And there's coaches in the past following Dr. Tom that did not do a good job 
of continuing the legacy of Chris Street. Fran, very far removed. I mean, we're talking 20 years later, not just keeping the memory alive, but then taking it to another step. Got to give a lot of credit to Fran McCaffrey. Yep. Yeah, and like like I've said, you know, like and you just mentioned, coaches after Tom Davis, after Coach Davis, did not always do that. Mm-hmm. And um, you can say what you want about Coach McCaffrey, about the two fouls and you sit, <laughs> or about his substitution patterns, or whatever. It's like you've been but listening to me, Wade. Say, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I will never say a bad thing about him, because that's not something that he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And in fact... Maybe you and I talked about it. It's probably even more of a distraction. You know, they they honored Chris at the I forget now the twenty five year mark or the twenty year mark, and they had everybody out on the court at halftime. That's stuff that coaches don't want to deal with. You know, that's just more headache and BS that they have to deal with besides getting ready for the game. But for him to do that and to keep Chris's name as part of the golf outing, mm. you know, as far as you know, in, in, including Mike and Patty Street and, and, and all these things, yep. that's not something they have to do. And it's quite, you know, again, just the opposite. It probably makes it more difficult for them to do their job. But I will always be grateful for, for Coach McCaffrey for, for, for doing that with Chris's name and especially with his his parents, Mike and Patty. Uh, one one more for, for me. So take us to the end of the year. Obviously for the seniors it's different, right, because it's over. But what did, did it feel like um, – I mean, you just had to be almost on fumes, right? With everything that had happened, the emotions, the ups, the so many downs of that of that season. How long does it did it take you to, um, you know, to, to I guess re- recover um, from from what you guys had just gone through? Yeah, I, we were tired. You know, it's funny. You know, so January nineteenth, our season was over almost. I think to the day on March nineteenth, like two months later. So. You think about 60 days that everything that that we had gone through or the state had gone through or the program had gone through, we were tired. We were tired. And I heard Trent talk about that Rodney Rogers game. Gosh, I think he had like 34, Mm -hmm. 15 or something crazy and Randolph Childress. They they were pretty good. But but Chris would have made the difference. And, you know, you, you look at those games, we were ranked ninth when we played Duke. I think we were ranked seventh or eighth when we played Michigan. You know, we... We we had talked about Final Fours that year. You know, we, we had some pieces. We had a bench. We had some young kids. Russ was going to become eligible. You know, Russ Ward was a pro. He was a second-round draft pick. But I think at just the end of the year, everybody was just tired. Mm-hmm. And it just was something where um, we'd, we'd done pretty well. Um, you know, we were hoping to win that second game because then you never know. I, I, I think Kentucky was up next, and that, you know, would have been a tough one. But um, – it just was something where we'd been through a lot and we, and we had a good run, not, not a great run. You know, it wasn't like a hang gathers type of thing, but um, we were just, I, I think everybody was just ready to take a break. Yeah. Yep. I can understand that. Wade, uh, it's an incredible piece. It really is. And I know it's going to air a bunch more time. They did a phenomenal job. job. Uh, that's got yeah. sports Emmy written all over it. Uh, it re- really and truly does. It moved, uh, it, it moved people. There's no question about it. Wade, thank you for doing this next week. When you're back with us as you are every week, we'll talk about the games uh, on the court, but this was, um, this was something last night. Uh, it really and truly thanks. was. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks guys. Thank you. Wade looking bill. A part of uh, those teams. Great piece. Um, watch it. Yeah. Hawkeye fan or not. 
Hawkeye definitely, fan or not. Definitely worth the watch. Love the state of Iowa. Didn't grow up here. Wanted to learn a little bit more about your state and things that happened before you came. Watch it. Or if you're young and don't know Chris Street. Yeah. Don't know what Iowa basketball was. Mm-hmm. It really takes you in. Yeah. They would have saw Kentucky in that Sweet 16. They beat, Is that who they played? They beat Wake by like 35. Yikes. It was Jamal Mashburn, <laughs> Roderick Rhodes, oh Tony Delk, Jared Pickett, Rodney Dent. They had mm. some dudes on that team. Lost mm. in overtime to Michigan in the Final Four. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, that Duke had some dudes on the floor to a couple of hills. Cherokee Parks. Remember yes. Cherokee Parks? Uh, and uh, Wade said Chris was the best player on the floor. What a story. Uh, we'll take a time out. We will get uh, into the brackets for the first time. Shelby Mast, who's helped us out with bracketology for years. He will join us when we come back. But prior to doing so, we have to uh, try and put $1,000 in somebody's bank account. Go to kxno.com. Once you get there, you can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword bank in the pop-up box. Bank at kxno.com. Your chance at $1,000. Miller and Condon. Move on. Shelby Mass next. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 800 bets off. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Excited to reconnect with our next guest. He is Shelby Mast. He is the bracketologist for Gannett. We also like to claim you here, Shelby, um, <laughs> the bracketologist for the Miller and Condon radio program. Uh, thanks again in advance for another year of doing this with us, Shelby. How you been? I've been good. How are y'all? Well, we're doing well, and um, encouraged to see Iowa back in the bracket as quickly as they are. We'll get to Iowa State, and they're the story. They're an unbelievable story in their own right. But when uh, Iowa fell on the tough times as they did, they getting blown out in non-con, a quad four loss, and then back-to-back roadie, road losses to start their Big Ten, we thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a, hot, a tough uh, hill to climb to get back in. Here we are, middle of January. You've got them as an 11 seed. Uh, they're playing well. Uh, when did you put them back in? I think it was last week they got back in. It was funny, just about two weeks ago, Somebody on Twitter said, how can you even consider them anymore? Well, they're in the Big Ten Conference. They have a lot of opportunities, and they're taking advantage of those opportunities uh, coming down this past week. Got a couple of victories in the Big Ten, four in a row. Looked like it had a chance to be five in a row before the game was postponed against Northwestern. You know, a big anchor on their resume is the loss to Eastern Illinois. So take us inside a little bit more. You're looking at this resume. Let's say Iowa is a bubble team. You know, they're one of the final teams considered for one of the last couple of spots or maybe last officially in the bracket, not having to make their way to Dayton. How much of an anchor is that loss to Eastern Illinois? It'll be a quad four loss at the end of the season. And the other component... They played that game without Connor McCaffrey, without Chris Street, two, or Chris uh, Chris Murray, without two starters in that game. Because of that, how much does that weigh into what the committee does? 
Well, if I was in the committee room, what I would hope to impart upon them is, yeah, it's a bad loss. It stinks. You can't avoid that. Uh, you'd never want to have a loss like that. But we were playing with that two starters. Hopefully they get a little leeway. But I, I got to believe to a team like that, they might not because they should beat them with five bench guys. <laughs> and they didn't right. do it. Uh, Shelby, I want to talk about the Big 12. Uh, five of your top 20 seeds are uh, find themselves uh, in the Big 12 Conference. Texas, of course, TCU, Iowa State, uh, whom I missed, and uh, K-State, Kansas. Um, that's the five of them. So remarkable this, this conference is so deep. You've got eight of the, eight of the ten getting in. Can you make a case that perhaps, I know Oklahoma's in your, um, Oklahoma just makes it, uh, but can you make a case that, uh, can, can the whole conference go, Shelby? I don't think so. I think it, there's going to be too much cannibalization, uh, that somebody is going to get the brunt of it. Somebody, and I think it's going to be Texas Tech. They haven't won a conference game yet. They don't really look like they're going to. They've still got a, a decent resume. And if the committee were picking the teams right now for the tournament, they would be a long shot. But I think as the season wears on, they'll, they'll get beat down a bit much. You know, last year we saw Iowa State get in with a 7-11 and conference record. Do you remember offhand what the worst conference record is for any team at a power level to even ever get into the dance? I believe that was it. Okay. I think mm. that's the record. There may have been somebody once from the ACC with a six, uh, only six wins, but I think Iowa State last year was the record. K-State, you have them as a two-seed. It's one of the remarkable stories. In fact, there's two of them. The teams, well, there's more than that, but the teams uh, picked 8th and 10th, respectively, uh, in the Big 12. Iowa State picked 8th. They're on three-line. K-State picked last in the conference. This Tang can really coach. Uh, that game against Kansas the other night was uh, was an edgier-seat nail-biter. What a game that was. Uh, but how about yeah. K-State as the two, Shelby? Is there a chance that... Um, that this team, you talked about cannibalization in the conference. Kansas is still sticking around. Um, can they get up to the one, or is probably as a two their ceiling? Uh, as of right now, they're peak 10th in the Big uh, 12, so we don't know what we're talking about. But I've got to believe it's there. They, they've, they've got a good enough team. They've got enough good wins to be up there on the two line. What's to stop them from being on the one line? Not much if they keep playing at this no. level. And, and this is not just a, a plucky team that you know, got off to a nice start. This is playing in the best conference in America. Uh-huh. They play difficult opponents. They've, they've had a difficult schedule. They got real dudes. You know, they got guys that were kind of preseason player of the year a couple of years ago from the SEC. This, this is a real team. You couple that with Tang. And, and how about that moment? Him getting on the scores table afterwards, getting the KSU chant going on. Boy, th- this guy, he's hit the ground running. It took 20 years to get this job, but you know, he looks like a star already. Yeah, he does. I, I, I'm really impressed with what all he's done there. He seems to be doing everything the right way, and uh, the kids have bought into what he's selling. So why not stick with this and see how far he'll take it? He's got, he's got the crowd behind him now. Uh, just hope they don't wear it out late in the season. 
Kentucky, what's going on there? I mean, as we sit here in the middle of January, you don't have them in your bracket, which is just re- crazy to think, not that you're wrong, <laughs> that Kentucky wouldn't be in uh, the bracket with the team that they had coming back. You know, I, I've seen coaches who anonymously, they won't put their name beside the quote, think that the game is past Calipari by. Not sure what they mean by that, but when you watch Kentucky, what do you see? I don't see a, see it passing him by. He's still a great recruiter. Uh, I am not a Kentucky fan, and that's not why they're in my bracket. They're my preseason pick to win it all. So it goes to show you what I know. <laughs> but uh, something about the team just isn't clicking right. I don't know if the players aren't playing as hard for him for Coach Cal as they normally would in past years, but something just ain't working. And I thought it was kind of funny, the announcers the other night on their Georgia game, they were saying that, hey, it looks like they put it all together. Well, not yet. You get to win four or five in a row, let's let this team gel and see if they put it together. I think they probably will be okay. But for right now, it's a weird team to watch. want to go to the team at the top of the rankings and a lot of people's pick to win it all and that is Houston they're the betting favorite right now the Cougars incredible team Kelvin Sampson brought back a lot of dudes from a season ago they were really good then yet they're playing in the American which is usually okay I mean the American Athletic Conference has been very solid throughout the years this is not a very good year though for the conference what can they afford I mean how many losses can Houston still afford and and still find themselves on the one seed line do they have to Maybe they can lose a regular season game and in the conference tournament, that's it. How much wiggle room do the Cougars have? It depends on who the losses are to. Any loss to Memphis and maybe UCF is acceptable. Anything other than that is probably going to be not looked upon very highly. And if they get multiple losses, then they're off the one line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri what a tough spot to be. No, no kidding. Speaking of tough spots, that's the Missouri Valley Conference. This conference, uh, Shelby, there's what six or seven teams that are within a game of one another. You know, it seems like it's uh, it's a one bid conference. I think the basketball is good in, in in the Valley this year, but there's so much parity that no one's going to run away with it. That if they get to St. Louis and they, you know, they make the championship and it goes awry in the in the final uh, of the conference tournament, that maybe there's a safety net for them that they can find their way. Into the tournament, I don't see that as the case. I think you have to win in St. Louis, Shelby. Do you? I, I do. Unless it's some team that gets hot right now and wins wins out, and then gets to the finals of the tournament and loses, then they could maybe have two. But I, I think they're going. There's going to be enough parity that they're going to be a, a five, four or five teams that are right there, even within a game or two of each other, and no real separation. So you, you don't have that one team that kind of stands out. And I think that could hurt them. Well, Shelby, we talk about it every year. You're a Texan and a Duke fan. <laughs> Dukies, pretty uneven. Of course, we got to see them uh, against Iowa back at Madison Square Garden. Iowa didn't play very well in that game. I didn't think Duke played real well either. What are your thoughts on this Duke squad? A lot of young talent. Of course, you're number one without Coach K over there. Your thoughts on the Dukies and, and how much upside is there still on this squad? Well, I've been I've been kind of disappointed because they they got the top two recruits in the nation, and those guys are just role players right now. They're not they're not standing out. the The guys playing the best was, was the top ten recruit, but it was not the star. Uh, 
they get you know Whitehead and Lively are supposed to be studs to the NBA next year lottery pick, and they don't look it look it to me. I, I think Shire is a great recruiter. He got him to come, but can he coach him up? And that remains to be seen. Shelby, uh, the defending champion, Kansas Jayhawks, you have them on the one line uh, at, at this point. It's kind of a different team this year, right? They've got they've got some dudes. Wilson is playing uh, out of his mind. Grady Dick it looks like he's a one-and-dunner. Uh, is this a, a team that, in your opinion, is built to repeat? They, I think they've got as good a shot as anybody. Uh, Grady Dick has been phenomenal. I, I really like his game. What well, I... I think it's funny because he's a guy that's wanted Kansas. He wants wanted to go to Kansas since he was a kid, and now he's got a chance to be one and done. How much does he want to go to Kansas? I think he'd stick around, but money rules. So uh, I, I think this team can, but they've got to get that one guy that they can call on and be their star down the stretch. I don't know if Dick is ready to do that or not, Wilson might be the best option. She'll be looking down the seed list a little bit and kind of a dark horse team. We we like to bet a little bit here. We're looking at futures markets. Who's who's a team, say, a six seed or lower on your seed line that you like that thinks a dark horse can make a run to a final four, maybe even ultimately cut down the nuts in April? Is there a dark horse you're liking right now? Well, there's a dark horse that I like. I don't know about cutting down the nets, but Boise State is mm, playing okay. really good ball. I mean, they, they're beating teams by 15, 20 points, the, the good teams in the Mountain West, they, on the road and at home. So they, to me, are the cream of the crop. You know, I know San Diego State is always up there, mm-hmm. but I think Boise State may make some noise this March, and I'm really keeping an eye on them. Uh, writing one. that one down as yes. we speak. Yep. So help me out with Michigan State, because you have them as a six. I love the way uh, Izzo schedules uh, games early in the season, right? Games two, yeah. three, and four were Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, uh, and then, uh, oh, by the way, Alabama. Um, so he, he he doesn't hide from anybody. I thought the team was starting to come along a little bit. Uh, with the, they went on a bit of a run, and then Illinois picked them off, and then on uh, MLK Day on Monday, that was a phenomenal game in the middle of the day, Purdue and Michigan State. How about Michigan State as one of those dark horse teams, Shelby? Yeah, it depends on what their mindset is. I can see them being so beaten down by the end-of-conference plays, they're just, they're, they can't take much more. That's a lot of tough games. And to do that for four months, and then you go to the tournament, man, that's asking a lot. But Izzo's done it before, and so I, I don't know if they can make a, a run to the Final Four, but I can see them getting to Elite Eight. Finally, Shelby, uh, for people maybe new to our conversations on a weekly basis here all the way up until March Badness, Bracket WAG. Explain to the <laughs> listeners what WAG stands for. <laughs> Wild ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're better than that, Shelby. You are. Uh, you're too humble. You're you're always close. You're amongst the top rated bracketologists year in and year out. And uh, we're glad of. Uh, we're certainly appreciative of our relationship. We'll uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks, Shelby, and then uh, find a way on your schedule that works for you to join us each and every week, Shelby. Uh, you can find the bracket. It's updated every every day. I mean, last night you were up burning the midnight oil, Shelby. I saw you posted that bad boy just after midnight last night. 
Yeah, and the last dang game went to overtime. <laughs> so, I was ready for bed. I don't blame you, dude. We got a backdoor cover out of it, though. Well, that's the main thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Shelby, thank you. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com. If you're a fan of college basketball, uh, every single day, Shelby's ma- uh, Mass bracket is updated. Yeah, and that Boise State team, somebody I've been on a couple of times. In fact, I was against him for a little while, a couple of times earlier this season. Really good defensively. Leon Rice has been there forever. I think he's been there 20 years now. His son is on the team. Really good two-guard for him. They are a fun team to watch. Not going to outscore you, but mm-hmm. they're a grinder. Much like we talk about the Missouri Valley, that's kind of what the Mountain West has morphed into, that very physical brand of basketball. San Diego State always at the forefront of that, yep. but Boise, they can defend you. That's one, you know, they're going to be a 10-11 seed, something Eight, like nine, that. 10-11, yeah. yeah. You're, you're looking for, you know, who do I want to sneak into the Sweet 16? That, that's a good one to circle at Boise State. Mark that one down. Well, speaking of marking games down, Trent's got, what did you say, 9? 11. 11. 12, 13. We'll, we'll see how many else jump out to me before we get out there. And I got golf today, too. Oh, you're in your glory. Yes. We'll get to Trent's plays of the day. It's coming up next. Circus Sports sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. Action continues this weekend. We're one step closer to the Super Bowl. That's Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Divisional Round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 to $5, and you'll get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take advantage of the uh, bigger payouts with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Oh, they are absolutely great. 100% boost trend, potentially. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. And you don't have to have even the ones that are over under you can look at things that are real big odds you can just take a money line think you're like me philadelphia and you're gonna go that direction don't have to bet a minus the points you can put them in the money line mm-hmm. make that part of the parlay they don't have to all be even odds and you can build a parlay pretty nice up to Evan 10 legs. ingram first touchdown cat yeah. those are big ones yeah. and you get those ones and they really add up quickly download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use promo code kxno new customers bet five dollars on the nfl division around 200 and free bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook with code kxno must be 21 or older i will only bonus issued as free bets one boost per eligible game opt-in required 10 plus leg requirement for 100 boost deposit parlay and wagering restrictions apply eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football Football terms. Gambling problem? Call one. Our radio app now. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Murph and Andy coming up at 1 o'clock. Texas No Drive, Heather and Sean will be here today at uh, 3. Thank you until 6 o'clock. Trent's got a whole bunch of plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsors, we are all ears. We got 11 in the docket today, not including the golf picks. I, I may throw one or two in there if you still want to jump aboard with that. Let's start, though, early. Some games that matter. In fact, I'm hitting all four Big Ten games tonight. 
I got to bet on all. This is a rarity because, you know, I like to dive deep. I get into the Southland, the Summit League, <laughs> the Big Sky. We got four in the Big Ten. Let's start with Michigan State at home against Rutgers here. Michigan State banged up coming off that tough loss against Purdue earlier in the week. I think Sparty bounces back and lay the two and a half with Michigan State. Give me Michigan plus two and a half. As they go to Maryland, of course, got to see both those teams against Iowa last week. Michigan, great comeback against Northwestern over the weekend. I think Wolverines are starting to figure it out a little bit better. Jet Howard's playing well. I'm going to grab the Wolverines in a road spot. Also, give me the Gophers at home tonight against the Boilermakers, playing much, How much many? better. 14 and a half. Saw them beat Ohio State mm-hmm. on the road last week. Playing Ohio a lot State better. Did, uh, Nebraska got them yesterday, right? Yes. I think it was the same. Well, I don't remember. 63-60 anyway. 14 and a half, the number in that one. Also going to grab the Hoosiers. I know they're super banged up against Oof. Illinois. They played really well since they kicked Sky Clark off the team. I don't think Illinois is quite that good. I'm going to grab the seven with the Hoosiers tonight at Assembly Hall. Other games. Texas State, they're getting six and a half at home. How about Arkansas State getting eight? Yeah, we're going with the Red Wolves. You see Riverside? Yeah, they're a D1 program. You remember them beating Dr. Tom's, Chris Street and Company back in the early 90s. Uh, they are getting four at home. No, they're on the road at UC Davis. Weber State. Harold the Show Archibald. Okay, we're going way back. USC plus eight tonight. Look ahead spot with Arizona UCLA coming up this weekend. Doing the same. Give me Arizona State plus five against UCLA before that showdown. And Tarleton State. They can't make the NCAA tournament this year. They're not bad. We're going to grab seven and a half against Seattle. <laughs> well, you did go deep. Um, there's no denying that. Any any opinion on Southern Indiana? Lindenwood? Uh, it was on the list. Didn't make the cut, yeah, though. Unbelievable. Uh, Murph and Andy, they'll be here in six minutes. Cam Davis, by the way, my golfer of the week. Top That's five, your guy? Top 10, top 20. Cam Davis. So you're not playing to win just five? Oh, that too. Gotcha. What's his price? 45 to one at Circa. Ooh, you shop other attention. places? 35 to one. Yeah. Circa. Worth it. Um, We are out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. Miller and Condon, 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.